Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello, Lawrence here. Mockery Manor is free and it always will be, but it's not free to make. So if you'd like to help me and Lindsay keep making these shows, you can become our patron on Ko-fi. For just a few quid a month, you can get access to bonus material, all of my music for the shows, physical merch, we'll actually send you things in the post. You can chat to us, you can get a personalised video message from Magenta and Bernard. And most of all, you will have our sincere thanks, because we really couldn't do this without your support. So please go to ko-fi.com slash longcatmedia, or you can tap the link in the show notes of this episode. Thank you very, very much, and we hope you enjoy the show. Previously on Mockery Manor, with JJ in police custody, Betty knows the clock is ticking to clear her name. Magenta reveals that George moved the date of the Clayton concert to a night with no moon. And finally, over a fine whiskey, Harry and Bobby D lock horns, and Bobby collapses. And that's you all caught up. Y'all enjoy the episode now. Long Catch Media presents Mockery Manor. Season 3 Episode 8 The Three Muscahounds has always been, who hated Clay enough to murder him? And of all people, why frame JJ? Where is that music coming from? I know, it's really distracting. Maybe setting up camp in a seance room was a bad idea. It's doing my head in. How do we turn it off? I don't know, I can't find the switch. One sec, let me ask the gruesome twosome. Magenta, Bernard, some help here please. Betty, can you stop pacing like that? Sorry sis, no can do. Mild cardio helps me think. Mild cardio in Bogan Bay. And snacking. Snacking also helps. Hello, what's the matter? All right, mate, can you turn this music off? It just came on out of nowhere. Ah, yes, uh, that's because it's on a timer. Uh, some of the effects Magenta triggers herself, others just... Of course! Just... A timer! Yes! Oh, great. Does that mean we can't turn it off? No, no, you can. Uh, see here, just behind this curtain. There. Thanks. Anything else I can help you with? Uh, can I get you anything from the saloon? Or... You don't have to suck up to me just because I'm the boss, Bernard. I'd just like to help, that's all. In that case, can you bring in the specials board and some chalk? We can use it to keep notes while we work. Uh, specials board? Yeah, of course, yes. Maybe some chicken wings? Ooh, that's a good idea. Three portions, please. Extra spicy. Righty-ho. Right. Come on, chaps. Let's get to work. We don't have long. The cops will come back for JJ as soon as they have enough evidence to charge her. Maybe they won't get enough evidence. When they find out who was on the mine train CCTV that night, and Walter tells them he witnessed JJ burning her clothes, it's game over, I'm afraid. I'm doomed. Doomed. Unless... Unless what? 
We figure out who did it, gather sufficient evidence, and ideally extract a confession. Oh, blimey, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Or we could just have a drink and resign ourselves to the inevitable. JJ, no! Maybe I deserve it. Maybe it's my penance. Deserve it? What, going to prison for murder? Yeah. Do Come be silly. on, that's of course not. You're having a laugh. You didn't, you didn't do, do anything. It. You're innocent. How many times have I broken the law? And not just stealing a packet of gum breaking the law. First, I lied to the police so Margot didn't lose the part. We all did that. Then I worked for the Russian mafia. Yeah, but only briefly. And you were very low down in the organisation. I found a body in Tokyo and didn't report it. When Koshi burned down, we lied to the police again. Said we didn't know anything. Yeah, but it's all about context, isn't it? And what about the drugs? Drugs? Come on, Betty. Why do you think I smuggled a Vermeer? Because I was thinking straight? To fund my Care Bear collection? You have a Care Bear collection? JJ, were you... I didn't know you were struggling with... It's okay. Don't get dramatic. I'm fine now. Sort of. I go to meetings on Tuesdays. They help. Oh, mate. You mean, like, meetings for drug addiction? (sighs) JJ, why didn't you tell me? I don't know. It's embarrassing. Oh, mate. No, you shouldn't be embarrassed. Oh, sis... I've made it awkward. No, 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 no not at all. Not. It's, it's not awkward. It's, uh, I'm just taking it in, that's all. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's really brave you told us. Mm, yeah, yes, absolutely, really brave. Uh, to struggle through all of that on your own? And, and, mate, bloody hell, you've really turned things around the last few years. You really have. You really have. Gosh, JJ, I was already proud of you, but now I'm like, yeah. crikey. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, like, wow, I mean, it's... <laughs> shit, shit, mate. Oh, don't. Please stop. You don't have to pretend. You know it's just a matter of time before I screw up again. I'll take everything I've built and I'll rip it all down. Just because. Because that's what I'm like. Well, if you do, we'll just build it up again. All three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're the three musker hounds. One for all and all for one. Musker hounds are always ready. Read the room, Parker. Sorry. I thought it was time you both knew about it. Of course. I'm so glad you've opened up. Because when the police find out I'm an addict, they'll use it against me. Shit. No, no they won't. That is the kind of thing they do. But they won't find out. So they can't use it against her because they won't know. How would they find out? Paul. He'll tell them. Who? Paul. The reporter. He followed me to a meeting a couple of weeks ago. Came in the room, saw what it was. Smirk on his face. Hang on. Paul. That smug twat who used to work here. I knew he was sniffing around. Damn it. Should have warned you both. Damn it. I'm going to kill him. (laughs) Party time. (laughs) Howdy, partners. Uh, Could someone hold the door? I've put everything on a trolley. (laughs) Right. Chalkboard and chicken wings. And I took the liberty of adding a few bowls of cheesy chips to your order. Uh, An array of drinks, gin, vodka, rum, cola, tonic water and party horns. And party hats. Does it look like we're having a party? Well, not without a party hat. Let's pop it on your Uh, head. No, okay, no party hats, right. Oh, uh, before I go, one more thing. Oh, bloody hell, my Casio is stopped. Mine too. Oh, sorry about that. The magnets are very strong. Oh, I really like this watch. Uh, There is just one more thing before I go. I should tell you, something's happened to, um... Oh, what's his name again? Yeah, all right, mate. We'll we'll come and get you if we need anything else, yeah? Uh, It's a limited edition Casio as well. uh, But wait, um, uh, uh, Rod? Roddy? Is that his name? The the, the old chap, the American, the the manager. All right, mate. Thanks very uh, much. Closing the door now. Bobby, Bobby, that's it. (sighs) Bobby's been poisoned. Right, back to work. Project, keep JJ out of pokey. If we can run a theme park, we can find a murderer. Yeah? Yeah? Sure.
Betty? Hello? You with us? Hmm? Oh, sorry. I was just thinking about time. Oh, because of the Magnus? Is your watch screwed too? No, no, no. no. I mean the timing on the night of the murder. And how long it took to... Oh, oh, I think I know what you're going to say. Because I've been thinking... The person who turned the lights off can't be the person who injected clay, can it? Because of the timing. Hear me out, hear me out. So, the lights went out at... uh, 9.15. Yeah, yeah, 9.15. And then they came back on 10 minutes later. No, 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 15 minutes, not 10. And Clayton was seen on the tracks at 9.32pm. Oh, right. Yeah. So, the Mockery Railroad would have gone down when the lights went off, yeah? So whoever turned the electricity off would have had to get from the control room in the manor, where all the switches are, to the mine train in Claytonville, on foot. And they'd have to, like, go through the woods and all the way around the lake. And that takes at least 20 minutes. Uh, Well, actually, it took me 32 minutes from the control room to the mine train platform. I tested it. But I'm not terribly fast, so I got Harry to do it too. Harry? Are you two friends? Hmm. He's very fit. Very fast. It took him 16 minutes and 26 seconds. Oh, 16 minutes. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. 16 minutes is too long. So unless the killer's Speedy Gonzalez, whoever turned the lights off, couldn't have got to the mine train in time to kill Clayton. Which means there's two of them. One on the lights, one in the mine train. Eh? Eh? That was my initial thought as well. Yes, I knew I was onto something. Two murderers. Great. Here, I've had some other ideas and all. Uh, where's that chalk gone? Right, let's draw up a suspect list. First up, Kirstine. It's always the wife, innit? It's always the wife. Clay would have come off stage in the dark and been like, Oh, hello, love, is that you? What are you doing here? And then she injects him and he's like, I did not expect that, which is why I allowed you to get close enough to stick a needle in me. Yeah, see, it makes sense, doesn't it? Who do you think she teamed up with? I think... Yeah? I think I need a chicken wing. Pass me the bucket, Parker. Oh. And a glass of tonic water, if you please. Uh, right. Tonic water? Really? Gross. JJ, do you want anything? No, thanks. So, what do you think of my theory? Here you go, room temperature tonic water. Did you know the quinine in tonic water glows bright blue under UV light? Just like the luminous paint in this room. Theoretically, you could use tonic water to create a rather spooky effect. Uh, okay. JJ, what time did the letter say you should be at the mine train that night? Oh, uh, 9pm. But I got there a few minutes early. What's tonic water got to do with anything? And exactly where were you supposed to wait for Mrs. Wainscote? By the Singing Cactus Mural. That's about halfway up the Four Spurs Mountain. Is that close to the ride platform? Not close enough to see it, but close enough to... hear things. JJ, did you hear something that night? Yeah. Footsteps. Voices. Shit, mate! Tell me right now, in order, everything you saw and heard that night. It's nothing important, otherwise I would have said something earlier, but... Okay. So I got there at, like, 8.45, thereabouts. After, I don't know, 20 minutes, I was thinking, should I just leave? Then I heard a door slamming. Hello? And footsteps. Hello? They're coming from the direction of the ride platform. For a moment, I thought maybe Mrs. Wainscote had come through the staff entrance. And then the lights went out. (gasps) Pitch black. It was horrible. And that constant electric hum, the one you don't notice until it stops. When that went off, it left this vacuum. I could hear the concert crowd, but it felt far off. It was like I was hanging in space. And then I heard a door again. Footsteps. And Clay's voice. No way. 
he was too far away. I couldn't make out anything he was saying. So you heard him come off the Force Burst stage and talk to someone? You heard him talk to the murderer? Did you hear them? The other person? I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. I was too freaked out by the lights going off. So I... I just left. Felt along the wall, got to the entrance and just... legged it. So you didn't hear Clay being syringed? No. Sounds like you left just before it happened. Hmm. I wonder if the letter writer expected you to stay put. JJ, did you keep the letter? I looked in your room, but I couldn't find it. It's on my bedside table. It's not. Someone's taken it. You think someone's been in my room? I do. And I don't want you going back there. You'll sleep in my room tonight. Okay. JJ, what was it about the letter that made you believe it really was from Graham's wife? Um, there was a lot of stuff in it that no one else would have known about. How he loved his Peugeot. How proud he was of his karaoke skills. Now I think about it, that's a really weird thing to write in a letter to your husband's mistress. But how many people would have known all that about Graham? Good question. She said she couldn't move on until she knew how the affair started. She said she needed to know if he'd really loved me. She said she was in pain. That only I could help her. May. Whoever wrote it certainly knew how to push your buttons. But how would Kirstine know about Graham? Damn it, I'll have to talk to her. Kirstine? No, Mrs. Wainscoat. She won't want to see you. No doubt. Parker, I have a question for you now. Yes, boss. Fire away. When Abilene entered the VIP lounge at 8.15, how did everyone react? Oh, they went bananas. Absolute mayhem. It's you! Abilene headed straight for Kirstine, and Kirstine literally screamed and tried to hide behind the bar. Bobby's a bit short-sighted, I think, because he was going, What's going on? Who's that? Anna Lou! Anna Lou! Oh, Anna Lou was quite impressive, actually. While I radioed security, she grabbed Abilene's arm and started frog-marching her off the roof. Then I stepped in and was like, It's okay, Anna Lou, I'll deal with it. Then what happened? Oh, God. I told Abilene that Fennec would take her to see Clay, but we needed to go and wait downstairs until he arrived. I felt guilty lying to her, but it worked. She was putty in my hands after that. I think I handled it pretty well, actually. What did you talk about while you waited for Fennec? Oh, this and that. She did most of the talking. Told me about her and Clay, how they were going to be a family, and they was going to break it to Kirstine that very night. Just mad bollocks, really. Although, there was one thing. Yes? I didn't think much about it at the time. She was saying how well Clay looked after her. How he'd invited her over for the concert, and he'd arranged everything. Plane tickets, hotel, concert tickets, and a pass to the VIP lounge. I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And she must have realised I didn't believe her because she showed it to me. The VIP pass? That's the thing. It wasn't a VIP pass. No one had a VIP pass because we never made any. Abilene had a mockery security pass, like what we give to managers. How'd she get hold of a manager's pass? I don't know. I assume she found it or something. These passes, they allow access to restricted areas? Yeah, and that's how she got past the security guard on the saloon door. He thought she was a manager. But didn't it have someone else's photo on it? No, no, it was blank, like freshly minted. I should have realised that ain't right. How did she even know where the lounge was? We didn't tell anyone where Clay's entourage were going to be that night. It would have been a nightmare if the fans found out. Yeah. Damn it. If I'd have known, I could have asked her about it this morning. You mean Abilene? You saw her today? I did. In the shotgun wedding chapel. Which it turns out she was sleeping in. What? Yep. Before I left for the police station this morning, I popped into a few Claytonville landmarks, including the chapel.
I'm sorry. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I'm sorry. Oh, I hope I didn't scare you. No, 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 no. it's okay. It's okay. Just a bit of a shock, that's all. Seeing you splayed out in front of the pulpit like that. I thought something terrible had happened. Oh, was I sleeping with my eyes open? Yes, you were. Mm, I do that a lot. When my kids were little, they'd find me napping on the couch and my son would get so upset with me. Mama, are you alive? Ah! Well, that's uh, horrible. What, what time is it? Uh, 20 to 5. In the morning? Oh, golly, up with the worms. How long have you been sleeping in the chapel? Only one night. I got kicked out of my hotel. What for? They wanted me to pay the bill. Heartless bastards. I told them Clay was supposed to pay, and he couldn't because he was dead, and they just didn't care. There I am, just lost my damn fiancé, and they're trying to squeeze money out of me. Would you believe they even threatened to call the cops? So I turned tail and got the hell out of Dodge. And you came here? Why? I wanted to be with Clay. Where I could hear his voice. I can feel him all around me here. Oh dear. Abilene, is there anyone I can call? You said you have a son? Mm-hmm. Brian. That's his name. After his pa, of course. His pa? Clayton. Right. My poor baby. Breaks my heart they'll never meet. He looks just like him, you know. Do you want to see a picture? Uh, sure. I keep a couple in my purse. I'm trying to find it. Where is this damn thing? That's a lipstick that's three years old. Abilene, see here. While I have you here, can I just ask, on the night of the fall, and I'm so sorry to bring this up, I know it must be terribly painful, but did you try to return to the park after Detective Fennick took you back to your hotel? Hmm? Oh, no, I fell asleep. Oh, here they are. He's about six years old in this one. Oh, yes, very cute. Oh, and in this one, this? This is from when he graduated high school. Oh. Uh, isn't he handsome? And this is me and Bri a couple of years ago at his 25th birthday party. Yes, yes, very... Holy shit! What? Your son. He's... He's the spitting image of Clay. I know. That's what I said. I told you he was. Yes, but... Well, I didn't think you were... I'm sorry, can I just... Can I see that photo again? Look at that. Crikey. You're not the first to react like that. God, the cleft chin, the eyes, the jaw. It's a young Clay. Mm-hmm. People say to Brian all the time, you should do a Clayton tribute act. Brian gets real mad at that. I don't want anything to do with that man. Oh, is Brian angry with his father? He thinks Clay's leading me on. And Clay never acknowledged his kids, of course. Not in public, anyway. Oh, I wish Brian would just live and let live. He's so dang stubborn. I'll keep trying, though. I'll get through to him one of these days, and he'll turn to me and he'll say, Hell, I'm the son of a genius. Thank you for the gift, Mama. Well, this rather clarifies a few things. Abilene, if you've nowhere to stay, would you like to... You invited her to stay in the manor? Babe, why did you do that? It's just for a few days until her flight leaves. <gasps> she's not moving in. I don't believe this. So she's in the manor right now, with Kirstie. Oh, don't worry. I put her in the old servants' quarters, miles away from the others. <gasps> and I told her she couldn't go in the communal spaces. Oh, well, that's all right then. I'm sure she'll behave herself. The woman who broke into the VIP lounge and attacked Kirstine. She didn't attack her. She just wanted to talk to her. Yeah, and Kirstine was terrified. 
Abilene's under a restraining order, lest we forget. You're going to have to put us somewhere else, Betty. This isn't good. What were you thinking? Now, both of you just chill out. I'm not an idiot. I've weighed up the risks. And besides, I asked a mockery security guard to keep an eye on her. You took a security guard away from his normal duties? He's still working security. What's the problem? The problem is this wasn't your call to make. You don't even work here. Ah, oh, this is typical. 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 High-handed. I do what I want, Betty. Guys, come on. Uh, excuse me? You didn't even know Abilene was sleeping in the bloody park. Well, she could have broken into the manor in the middle of the night if you wanted to. Guys, stop it. Yeah, well, no need for it to break in anymore, seeing as you gave her the flipping keys. Stop it! Both of you, just stop it! Oh. Unbelievable. Hello, hello. I can hear you lot in the saloon. Fennec. Oh, great. Fennec. What's he doing here? He's Betty's new bestie, remember? Oh, don't be childish. I don't want him here. Why ever not? Not hiding something, are you? All right, that's enough. Fennec, what do you want? Oh, charming. Given how much I've compromised myself for your bleeding benefit, you could be a bit nicer. Sorry. We're all just a bit tense right now. Good job I bring good tidings, then. Good tidings? Yes, please. What's happened? Harry's been arrested. What? What? Harry? Arrested? You're joking. Shit. Real name, Jacob Silverhorn. Jacob Silverhorn? You mean... Harry's not Harry. It's a fake name. What's he been arrested for? Poisoning Bobby McDaniels. What? Bobby's been poisoned? Yes. A few hours ago, he and Harry were enjoying a very fine whiskey when Bobby collapsed. Residue has been found at the bottom of his glass. We'll soon know what it was. Is he dead? Not yet. He's in a coma. Bloody hell. The good news, for you folks anyway, is that he's moved into pole position for Clay's murder. Harry doesn't have an alibi for the time of Clay's fall, and it seems he has something of a history with the Woodrows. Several years ago, he was hired to dig up dirt on Clayton. While doing so, one could speculate that he also learned a thing or two about Bobby. Perhaps Harry attempted to blackmail Clay and then Bobby, but when they refused to play ball, Harry was unable to contain his murderous rage. A syringe and poison are hardly weapons one would use in a rage. Wait, does this mean... They don't think I did it. Hmm. Might go that way. But that's that's great. JJ, you're in the clear. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Mate. Oh, my God. So relieved. Oh, God, what a roller coaster. Oh, I'm mad few days. Harry was the murderer all along. I can't believe it. Neither can I. Because that's not what happened. Eh? What do you mean? And Fennec doesn't think so either. Do you? Got my own suspicion. Betty? Why don't you think Harry killed Clay? Because, oh, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right. I bet he didn't poison Bobby either. None of this adds up. Or you don't want it to. Look at your face. I beg your pardon? You look more concerned now your boyfriend's in trouble than when your sister was the prime suspect. JJ, that's not true. Boyfriend? She's been sleeping with Harry ever since he arrived. She has? You have? No, no, I haven't. I... Well, okay, yes, yes, I have, but only a few times, and it didn't mean anything, and it's got nothing to do with anything anyway, doesn't it? No! He's not my boyfriend, but you are my sister. You're pain in the arse, sister. You're loser, sister. Maybe it'd be easier for you if I was behind bars. JJ, why are you saying that? Because it's true. Mate, stop it. Stop it. What's gotten into you? Do you think we don't care? Do you think Betty doesn't care? When I told her the police had taken you in, she was frantic. I was. Neither of us even went to bed last night. Betty spent the whole night scouring the park for clues. Oh. Look at us. Look at the bags under our eyes. We look awful. Betty's aged ten years. If I look concerned, sis, it's not because of Harry. It's because I don't think you're in the clear yet. 
What? You don't? Why? They'll still want to know why you were seen running from the mine train. And they might think you and Harry were working together. Working together? Oh, God. Hmm, true. Oh, shit, I didn't think of that. We still have work to do if we want to keep JJ out of trouble. Like what? What do we need to do? Go through the evidence again. Figure out the timeline. I'm so close, I can feel it. I just can't see it. The answers are at my fingertips. If only I could... Tell us. Everything you're thinking, tell us. It might help. Three brains and all that. Not including me in that count, then? All right, four brains, then. Actually, Fennec, I think your skills are best employed elsewhere right now. I need to get some information from Mrs Wainscote, but she almost certainly won't talk to me. Would you? Mrs Wainscote? You mean Graham Wainscote's widow? What do you need from her? We need to find out who she's been talking to about Graham's love of Peugeot's. And karaoke. Don't forget the karaoke. Right. Someone's been sniffing around her, asking questions. If she can point us towards whoever wrote that letter, I'll know who the murderer is. Hmm. Okay. I'll drop her a visit. Thank you, Fennec. Oh, and uh, one more thing. Tomorrow lunchtime, I want everyone to come here to the parlour. Who do you mean by everyone? Us four, uh, the Americans, including Harry, if they release him by then. And George. Walter, too. And Paul from GSPW. That's a weird bunch. Betty, what are you planning? I need everyone in one room. Like Poirot? Yes, Parker. Like Poirot. Isn't that a little theatrical, Armstrong? Why do you think I became a detective? (laughs) You do keep things interesting, don't you? All right. I'll go see Mrs. Wainscote. Catch you twats later. I can't believe you're going to do a Poirot. It'd be really embarrassing if you get the killer wrong, Betty. Oh, God, it will, won't it? Oh, uh, we'll need Magenta and Bernard there, too. In fact, Parker, can you get them in here right now? There's something I need you all to do. Letters I need delivering. Mockery Manor is written by Lindsay Sharman and directed by Lindsay Sharman and Lawrence Owen. Music, sound design and editing by Lawrence Owen. Hayley Evanett was Betty and JJ, Lawrence Owen was Parker, Christy Bolton was Abilene, John Henry Fall was Fennec and Bernard was himself. Mockery Manor is supported by Arts Council England National Lottery Project Grants and our wonderful patrons on Ko-fi. If you'd like to become one of them and help me and Lindsay keep making podcasts, tap the link in the show notes of this episode or go to longcatmedia.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You start with your own breathing. Match the rhythm of the breeze that carves the canopy, the birds and bugs chirping in set intervals. Feel the subtle pulse rising up from the ground beneath you. To wander is to dance with the forest. But the forest isn't just the partner. She's the music, the style. She's the rhythm. She's the set of ancient steps and movements that have been passed down from one dancer to another. She teaches you to dance the dance she invented to the music she's singing in a tonal system she thought up one night as it pleased her. You breathe and you listen wait for your place, your first step, the call to
The Wanderer is a new fairy folktale podcast from T.H. Ponders, a member of the Fable and Folly Network. Listen to the show by searching for The Wanderer in Apple Podcasts or by visiting www.callofthewander.com.